You are listening to Nate the Hate, available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And joining me today, as always, is MVG. What's going on, Nate? Great to be here. It's been a while since our last video, and if you enjoy this video, be sure to subscribe and like the channel and the video itself. And we have a couple of dedications to start this episode out with. First, we have our favorite donor, and that is a Streamlabs donation from Shamsa of $250 with the message that says, I won't judge you why you don't like the game, but I love Mario Sunshine. And for God's sake, go buy a webcam, dude. Just kidding. <laughs> Keep up the good work. And Mario Sunshine, that one day we'll play it again on the Switch in the coming months. And we have a second dedication for this video. And that goes out to Abraham Gunner, who donated $200 and left the message. Hi, Nate. I've been enjoying your channel and the discussions with MVG are great. And we really appreciate that. Therefore, I want an episode dedicated to mvg and call it mvg's appreciation day keep doing what you're doing <laughs> so this video is dedicated to abraham gunner shamsa mario sunshine and mvg thank you uh abraham and uh, shamsa for uh for those very generous donations we we <laughs> certainly appreciate them yes we do appreciate your donations and as always if you Donate on the Streamlabs link in the description below. Whether you give a dollar or any amount, you can ask us a question. We will answer those questions at the end of the episode. If you give $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is once again dedicated to Abraham Gunner and Shamsa. Thank you again for your donation. And we're going to get right into today's topic, which is about The Last of Us 2, which has posted incredibly strong opening sales of 4 million units in just three days. And for comparison, Uncharted 4 sold 2.7 million in three days. Horizon Zero Dawn took two weeks to sell 2.6 million units. God of War sold 3.1 million units in three days. And Spider-Man sold 3.3 million units in three days. So to see The Last of Us Part Two open at 4 million units in three days is nothing short of astonishing. Amazing numbers, amazing numbers, but not really a massive surprise. I mean, isn't isn't that you know that that meme that goes around that anything that has a lot of controversy on Twitter is something that ultimately ends up selling a lot of copies? Like, go back and think about the Pokemon stuff that happened <laughs> last year, the outcry and the online petitions. You know, this game and the boycott and everything that that people were talking about. I mean, I think at the end of the day. A game that's polarizing like The Last of Us Part 2 is going to sell a lot of copies, either way you slice it. And I think it deserves its, its success. I mean, it's a game that has been in the making for a long time. It's been seven years since the first game had come out. And I'm not really that surprised that it's the highest selling PlayStation 4 game. I think there's, you know, generally speaking, you know, it's been received extremely positive, you know, other than... Uh, we'll say um, some parts of the community that uh, you know are not don't not that happy with the story. Yeah, and that would be the second part of our topic today. But yeah, four million in that first three days is really not surprising. I mean, The Last of Us is a major IP for Sony and for Naughty Dog, and the first Last of Us sold twenty million copies over the course of the PS3 and the PlayStation Four remaster release. So for this game to come out at four million. Would as you said, you know, it was kind of expected. This is 
a major PlayStation 4 release. It's one of the final major PlayStation 4 games coming from a Sony, you know, a Sony studio. Next, we have Ghost of Tsushima coming out in just a few more weeks. But The Last of Us Part 2 has been hyped for pretty much this entire generation. And it's something people have been looking forward to. It came out. It got... It was well-reviewed. And there was the subsection of social media and forum goers and YouTube channels and such that were a bit more divisive in the way that they received the game. And... You know, as they say, any publicity is good publicity. And as you brought up, like, the Pokemon, people were very vocal about their displeasure of Pokemon Sword and Shield. But what we have to remember is that the voices that we hear on Twitter and forums and such, they make up a very small percentage of the actual gaming community. Yes. The people who go out there and buy titles like The Last of Us Part Two don't know about any of these discussions that were happening on the internet. They just want to play a game. And I mean, I guess it's almost a case of ignorance is bliss. You are not subjected to all this discourse and you just, Hey, this game looks interesting to me. Or so the commercials that looks cool. I'm going to buy the game. Maybe I hate it. Maybe I love it, but you, you just go into it with no, idea of really you know what you're going into you might check out a review or two mm-hmm. but it's not this constant badgering of social media discourse and i mean to be clear i have no problem with discourse when it comes to a game and if you weren't satisfied with the game if you love the game it's natural and healthy to have a conversation about the game and you know maybe what you found to be weak in the game or what you really enjoyed about the game that's a good thing i mean gamers should be able to communicate their displeasure and joy with any release the problem with the last of us part two is that the discourse has been for lack of a better word toxic yeah and i would say the toxicity really became prevalent when an individual went to change.org and they made a petition that as of this recording had thirty-two thousand signers <laughs> and this petition exists for one purpose they want naughty dog to remake the last of us part two because they did not like the story and how they put it in the petition itself is the storyline was an absolute mess <laughs> we want naughty dog to remake the game with the scenes they provided at every trailer <laughs> and they want, and we need a remake for the story, or at least DLC with a different ending. And they continue to say this was a massive disrespect for every fan of the Last of Us franchise that had to wait an entire seven years for the sequel. We deserve better than this. We paid sixty dollars, and we are entitled to make a change. Now, before I get your thoughts on this, I'm going to voice a quick thought on that final aspect of that sentence where they say we are entitled to make a change you are not entitled to a change of a product you have no right to demand such a thing artists create art fans either like the choices made or don't and that's the end of the story it is that simple you don't go to a movie watch the movie don't like the ending and say well i'm gonna send an email to francis ford coppola and say I want a new ending. Reshoot the film. 
Or you don't read a book and say, well, I don't like how that went. I'm going to write to Stephen King and say, reprint the story with a different series of events. That doesn't happen. You are not entitled to that. Right. And when I say when I saw this petition, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> Dude, it reminds me of 2012 all over again with Mass Effect 3. So for those people that may not be familiar with the Mass Effect 3 uh, controversy, Mass Effect 3, when that game came out, had an ending that a lot of people didn't like. And there was a petition, very similar to this, to change the ending of the game because many fans were upset about the ending. And they demanded that Bioware change the ending. And to my absolute horror, Bioware actually did make a statement that they would look at the ending and, and change it. And when they did that, Nate, I was I was like, why? Why would you do this, guys? You know, this is this is your story to tell. Whether the ending sucks or it doesn't, why would you give in to you know, what, what, the, what the fans are, are asking for and do it. And they ended up changing the ending and the, the new ending of the game, you could argue is, is just as bad as, as the, the, you know, the original ending that, that came out with the game. So I guess the takeaway here is, like you said, artists create, you know, their, their own art. I mean, it's not up to you or me or the public to decide, you know, what we want the ending to be or we want what we want the story to be. And no type of petition should ever, you know, get into the minds of Naughty Dog for them to say, well, maybe we should we should tweak the game here. And I know that they probably will not do that. And I'm, I'm I hopefully they'll stick to their guns. And I, I don't expect that to happen. I think ultimately, you know, the, the game is out and look, it sold a lot of copies and I think, you know, they're, they're, they're basically sitting back now and, and, you know, enjoying the success of the game. So hopefully I don't, you know, see that, see that happening, but look, these change.org petitions to, to, to change the story or something, they're just kind of ridiculous. I mean, look, another way to think about it is 32,000 signatures. Sure. In one way, that's, that's a lot of people, but in another way, it's a tiny, tiny percentage of people that actually have bought the game, right? And yes. the other thing to consider is how many of those 32,000 actually have bought and played the game in the first place? I mean, is it just a whole bunch of people just piling on to the fact that, you know, they they want the ending changed for different reasons or they want the game or the story changed for different reasons? Or is it actually people that played through the game and walked away feeling unhappy about you know how how the game kind of went from a story perspective so the takeaway here is no this is this is ridiculous that let's we, we should never you know video game developers companies should never give in to these things and i think the mass effect 3 ending change that bioware um had has done in the past should be proof positive or a, a red flag that that you should not go down this down this path you know We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... 
it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. And that's the dangerous thing with this petition is that can I just create it for now any game or any product moving forward that didn't meet my personal standards? So like, can I make a petition in the future? Which I get, I can make a petition for anything I want, but does this mean like now any game coming out or any hardware coming out, like, oh, Microsoft, oh, well, I'm gonna make a petition that your Xbox Series X isn't called the Xbox Series XY because I like those letters. Like how, this is just one of those, it's an example of how ridiculous you can really take something like this. Right. It's like at the end of the day, this was a video game. This was their vision. This is what they gave. There's nothing wrong with you as the individual being disappointed in the story being told. You have the right to be disappointed in it, just like anyone else has the right to be satisfied with it. But to demand, to go as far as to make a petition, to gather thousands and thousands of signatures, and to then voice this anger on social media and in this form of the petition to me it just it's 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 wasted energy mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just it's it's toxic it's immature it's entitlement of well oh this game took seven years to come out cost me sixty dollars i should get what i want why right you made the decision to buy the product you could have informed yourself before you did that if you wanted to if you had concern of the quality of the game or whatever you could read the reviews you could have waited and you could have watched some you know gameplay or you know you just buy it for $60 and you say well that wasn't the experience i wanted let's see what they come out with next time maybe i'll enjoy their next game i mean are we now at the point where whether it's a video game or any piece of art that if it's not up to my personal standards that I can now demand that a company make the changes to appeal to me. Right. The uh, the Bioware Mass Effect 3 thing, the petition really focused on the fact that Bioware is a business and therefore the customer is always right. Therefore, it should respond to its customers. And they did. Now, <laughs> is that is that something I haven't read the petition for the the Last of Us two to change, but is that essentially what is kind of being argued here as well, or is it just the story sucks and we want you to change it type of thing? It's pretty much the story sucks. We want you to change it. Some of the trailers you showed may have implied this. We didn't get that, so you should fix that right. because so it's kind of a mix of we don't like the story. Some may feel as though the game was marketed to lead in a different direction than what the end product was or that you thought you were going to be playing as a character that was not playable. And I mean, it feels quite disjointed, which a lot of the discourse around this game has had a bit of disjointedness. It's people are trying to express their, you know, displeasure in the product, which again is fine. But if your reason you hate the game is just, I hate the game and there's nothing more to it, then do you actually hate the game or are you just mad to be mad? Right. 
And with The Last of Us 2, some of it does feel like people are just mad to be mad. Yeah. Because that's that's the common trend of conversation right now when you go on Twitter and forums is that you see a lot of people who just are angry at this game. They're mad at everything that what this game did. And if you want to partake in that conversation, you can't come in happy and saying, well, I really enjoyed this game. Because people are going to say to you, what? How did you like this game? You're wrong. You yeah. can't like this game. What about this part, this part, this part, and this character? Don't you hate them? And you say, no, I didn't. They're going to say, oh, well, that's, you, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're not a fan of the first game then. Like, no, I could be a fan of the first game. And, you know, I just interpreted the story of part two in a different way than you, which, I mean, that's what art does. Art invokes a reaction from people in different ways. That's what makes it art. Mm-hmm. So I guess even a part of this conversation can shift as far as, if we want video games to be viewed and accepted as art, then making a petition like this is stripping away the idea that video games are art and that they are just consumer products yep. that the consumer then has the ultimate say in every aspect of the direction that the product can move in. That is correct. Yeah. I mean, it, it, at that point, it's 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 changed to something completely different. I mean, think of it this way, Nate. Like, let's say let's say that that Naughty Dog said hmm let's let's change you know let's let's take this change.org petition and let's sit down and and maybe you know change the story of this game think about Mm -hmm. what what would happen like you're not changing the ending like mass effect 3 you're not changing the last like two two to three minutes of the game you're you're basically changing the story to to you know satisfy thirty two thousand people that have signed this petition (laughs) right and so what does that mean? Well, it means that you need to bring back your animators. You need to bring back your developers. You need to bring back your, you know, your um, your story programmers, your engine programmers, your QA people. You're essentially basically having to, I'm not saying rewrite the whole game, but you're, you're basically, you know, rebuilding all these scenes in this game. And you have to test all that stuff out again. And imagine imagine if they if they if they said yes to this how long do you think it would take them to release a different story of this game i mean it's essentially a a kind of a large dlc right that could take six to 12 months before it it, we saw it i mean you don't know how long it it would take but it's certainly not something that they would they would do um you know in a couple weeks and the the time and money investment would just be like ridiculous. So why would they yeah. even consider doing this, even from that standpoint? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, no company, no company or artist would. They would look at it and say, "This is the story I wanted to tell, and I told it." I'm sorry, you didn't like it, but I'm not going to recreate a story that I essentially have to throw away the story I already wrote. Yeah. And the characters I created and the events that transpire and now put those in the trash to create one that's more to your suiting. I mean, the image I get from this is basically Annie Wilkes in misery breaking the ankle of James Kahn, mm-hmm. who was the author of one of her favorite series of books, the misery series. And he wrote a, he wrote a draft and she wrote it and she came in like, no, you, you can't kill this character in the books. Why would you do this? And he's like, well, that's, you know, that's what happens. And she tortures him mm-hmm. until he would write a new story that is up to her standards. Right. And in the end, he hands her the story and then he lights it on fire and bashes her over the head with a typewriter. 
Now, obviously, I mean, we're not going to see that type of event happen here where Neil Druckmann's going to go and bash people over the head with a PlayStation 4 Pro. <laughs> but it's just the idea of if these 32,000 people, and there's, I mean, let's be clear, there are more than this, these 32,000 people who signed the petition who are just as angry about the game. If you're that angry about the story, and I saw this on Twitter, I saw a developer tweet it. Why don't all you 35,000 people pull your resources and make a game studio and write the best video game story of all time? Because you're, yeah. you're clearly capable of doing it. It's a fair point. Because, I mean, you're going to criticize this story and say it's trash and everything else. Well, then you go and do better. Yeah. And I mean, again, you can be disappointed in the story of The Last of Us 2, that it didn't go in the direction you wanted or the way it treated characters. But... To come out here and just treat it like it's this sin against humanity and that it's an abomination to the game industry is just entitlement in the pure sense. And that's where it really sits. It doesn't sit well with me there, where even if you try to have peaceful discourse of this game with people, you're just met with so much toxicity that you have to justify yourself and why you may have liked the game because right. everyone is so mad about everything that the game did. And some of the discussions, I've seen some civil discussion about the topic of why people don't like the game. And for those who are being civil about it, you know, I applaud you. You're approaching this in a mature manner. And then I see other cases where someone's saying, you know, I really like this game. And the people are coming out saying, well, you're, you know, you're stupid. You don't understand the game. And if you pressure them back saying, no, I do understand the game. I understand the storyline. I understand the character's motivations. I understand why it was told the way it's told. Their default is just, no, the game's bad. Yeah. The game's a mess. Like, why can't, why can they not provide any specific examples of where it went bad beyond just, I hate this character. I hate this part of the story. Like, why do you hate it? I just do. Mm -hmm. No, that, that's not critique. And I mean, again, I know a lot of people look to the reviews and they say, well, IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10 doesn't mean the game is perfect. It means it delivers an experience that is exceptional. Yeah. Now, no one's ever going to review or no one's ever going to look at a review score and they're going to have universal agreement with everything. We saw Grand Theft Auto 4 was called the, what was it? They compared it to like an Oscar-worthy film. The Last of Us Part 1 was compared to... Um, what was film? The what was the film? I can't think of it right now. Oh, Citizen Kane. It was oh, the yeah, Citizen yeah, yeah. Kane of gaming, because Citizen Kane was a masterpiece of filmmaking. It revolutionized film. Now, The Last of Us Part One, in many ways, was a masterpiece. It has stood the test of time. Gameplay maybe showing its age a little bit, but people look at those and say, "Well, you know, that's hyperbole." Yes, it is hyperbole. But they then, with the case of The Last of Us Part Two, is people use these review scores as ammunition of saying, well, these outlets gave the game a 9 or a 10 because they were paid by Sony. That's ridiculous. Or that they're shills. Yeah. And these scores aren't real. They just did it because they were paid off. And, you know, they're just pushing an agenda forward. Right. Like, one, there is not a single outlet in the world to go to check by any publisher to give a game a positive review score. Because if that ever happened, 
story would be reported yeah. and that company would be in a lot of trouble. Right. Plus, did, I mean, there were a lot of outlets that gave the game a 10 out of 10, like <laughs> over 20, I would say. I mean, what do you think Sony is just going to basically start handing checks out to everyone, you know, for lots of money? <laughs> I mean, yes, I, it's not the way things work, you know. So, I mean, that that's that to, to think that, you know, these these um, media outlets were paid off, you know, to give good scores is absolutely absurd. And, like, I don't think we've seen this type of conversation surround a game that's been so divisive. And, again, divisiveness is fine when the communication and the conversation is civil and mature and it's done properly. But I don't think we've seen anything like this since Death Stranding, where right. people, again, accused media outlets of being shills for Kojima and saying, you only like this game because you're a Kojima shill. Or maybe just the way the game was presented, the story and such, just happened to resonate me in a way that I didn't do with you. And there's a lot of games that are like this. And for some reason, it only becomes this controversial topic when it involves a massive exclusive release to you know, one of the three console manufacturers, be it Death Stranding and The Last of Us Part Two. Yep. Nintendo, they saw a little of this with Breath of the Wild, but not to this extent. And maybe they'll see it again with Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. Who knows? Microsoft kind of flew under the radar this gen because they really didn't have an amazing, earth-shattering first-party exclusive that got everyone talking. So maybe we'll see it with the Xbox Series X when they come out with let's say like the new fable or something mm-hmm. but i don't understand like is this just fanboy driven nonsense where we're sitting saying oh you have that big game coming out i have to hate it i think the problem that the last of us 2 had was the leak that that mm-hmm. ultimately ruined the game for a lot of people you know whether whether you wanted to or not a lot of people got caught up in that whole leak thing and unfortunately the majority of the game got spoiled you know a month or so even longer before the game had come out and i mean that makes it very difficult for some people to to say i'm going to really enjoy this game after the fact and you know that 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 was something that obviously wasn't great great for naughty dog to happen and look i think the takeaway here is don't look at leaks you know i mean it's easy just to have a glance and maybe get caught up on on the stuff so you know in advance what's what's coming but why would you ruin that enjoyment or that potential enjoyment that you have knowing exactly what's about to happen in a game i mean you're always going to turn around and say i don't like this game because you know exactly what's coming and if you don't like what's coming then you're not going to like it so you know I'm not saying that everyone that that criticized the game had already seen the leaks, but you got to figure that a lot of people have seen the leaks. I personally, Nate, um, I know we were talking, you know, before we started the show, but I played and finished the game. We're not going to, you know, talk about the game as far as the story and, and spoilers or anything, but I quite enjoyed the game. I thought the game was was pretty damn good. Was it perfect? No, it was not perfect. But I I went into the game knowing absolutely zero about it like i i knew nothing about it nothing at all and which by the way was a very very difficult thing to kind of to do because every (laughs) every every place on the internet that you turn there's always someone that's writing comments or someone's posting something on twitter or there's 
you know, there's um, a live stream chat going on where people are typing in spoilers, but I, I knew zero about the game and I played and finished the game. And look, my my biggest criticism of the game, honestly, was just the length of the game, which I felt was, was too long. But otherwise, I enjoyed the game and I, I think it it deserves the success that it's getting as far as the scores that it has received and the <laughs> amount of copies and sales that it's currently sold. I think it's the biggest game this year and it's probably the best game I've played this year to date. I mean, there's obviously more games coming. Yes. Cyberpunk obviously is one that's going to be a big game later on this year and we're still waiting for Nintendo um, maybe to reveal some stuff um, later on. But right now I would say, yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty pretty good about where the game has reviewed and why it sold so many copies because I, 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 I definitely uh, can see that, you know. Yeah, and like I'll use one of my own examples of a game I really dislike and the game is Super Mario Sunshine. It's not a game I enjoy. The only bit about that game I can say I really like is I enjoy the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the central hub of Delfino Plaza. And I liked some of the bonus stages where it is pure 3D platforming, where you don't have flood. And to me, those are the three high points of that game. Flood, in my opinion, was a inclusion. It was a gimmick, a gimmicky inclusion that really didn't do much to make the game more enjoyable in my experience. The camera is atrocious. I didn't find really any of the stage or level design of the core game to be all that enthralling. And like, and I mean, it's no lie. I don't like Mario Sunshine. If anyone happens to like it, by all means, enjoy the game. I'm not going to take away your enjoyment of it. Yeah. I'm also not going to go to make a petition and demand that Nintendo makes a Mario Sunshine without flood and with a, you know, good camera and other changes. Cause I, as the, I, as the consumer, I'm not entitled to any product. I cannot tell any creator of you know what they should make. I'm not owed anything. If I don't think it's worth a purchase, I don't buy it. And when Mario Sunshine comes to Switch later this year with Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, and the Mario All-Stars 2 or 3D Mario Collection, mm-hmm. will I try Mario Sunshine again? Yes. Will I hate it as much as I did back you know 15 plus years ago maybe (laughs) we'll find out but you like anyone else can enjoy the game right i just don't like it my displeasure for the game i'm not going to take that out on other people and say well you're a fool for liking it by all means like it i want you to like it it just didn't click with me and that's the thing with the last of us part two is that it seems like people are going out of their way to make sure they let you know they hate the game even when you say, hey, I really like the game, they have to come and say, no, you didn't. You should hate it because I did. Yep. And that's not mature conversation. Why can't I just be like, hey, you know, I really didn't like The Last of Us Part Two. Can you, you know, just share with me what you really liked about it? You go, you know, you go through your laundry list of reasons. And they're supposed to be like, okay, yeah, you know, you know, that part that you really liked, it didn't, I didn't really appreciate that for, you know, this reason. Okay, fine. That's that's good. Yeah. That's a normal conversation about a game. And it just feels like everything around Naughty Dog and The Last of Us Part Two has has been horrific. And I do think leaks played a part in this. Yeah, because no doubt. 
a lot of people read them. And we also have to remember how the leaks portrayed certain aspects of the game. It was mis it was misinformation. They portrayed they portrayed a character in a completely inaccurate light, which caused a lot of hatred online in a disgusting manner. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people read those leaks and they made up their mind, even though some of the information wasn't completely accurate. But it was enough to say, yep. "Well, I hate Naughty Dog for this reason." So when the game came out, you're like. Well, I'm already waiting for this event to happen or for this character to show up that I already know I don't like. And, oh, there they are. Yeah, this is stupid. Like, But had you played the game untarnished, would you have gone into that scene without those that same type of, you know, hate? Or would you sit there and be like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Like, I don't like that it happened, but it kind of caught me off guard. And, you know, I, I kind of have a Game of Thrones pit in my stomach moment right now of... I don't think I want to play the game anymore because that really impacted me in a major way where I feel sick. But, you know, I'm going to keep on like Game of Thrones because, you know, sometimes we're stupid and the show pisses us off or a game pisses us off, but you have to see what's next. And then you get beyond and you say, oh, wait, okay, it's building off of this. And now, you know, now these events are transpiring. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But now if you already have that removed, like, oh, this happens. I just have to see what happens after it. Well, you removed all that tension. You removed all the buildup. The climax never actually was achieved because you removed that aspect of the ride. Yep. And in a game like The Last of Us, which is narrative driven, if you start removing bits and pieces of the narrative because you spoiled them for yourself, of course the impact's going to be lessened. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you can't remove all that buildup in a narrative driven game and then sit there and be like, well, it didn't impact me. Of course it didn't impact you. You spoiled yourself all of that anticipation. Anticipation is an important part of it. Right. When that when that event happens early on in the game, I was you know, I was kind of shocked when it happened, but I was very much of the mindset of I need to know where the story's gonna go. How does how the you know how how does this this game play out now? So I have to play this game to its completion to see what happens, you know. So, and I think the majority of people, you know, had the same had the same mindset. The ones that didn't know what was what was coming, you know. And I think I definitely think the leaks really really hurt the game. No no, no doubt about it. In fact, if we go back and think about you know Naughty Dog had. They had um, the game delayed multiple times, so th- there was that. And then there was also the the crunch kind of expose that that w- that came out of the uh-huh. studio that didn't didn't look very good for them. And then the leak. I mean, you know, I think we sell. I think we had a, an episode previously where we talked about how you know they probably weren't popping champagne corks when the game went gold. It was more a, a relief, you know, a sigh of relief and great job you know and i i still think that holds true that that you know the game even though it's it's reviewing exceptionally well it's selling very well you know i think based on on everything they're probably just more relieved than anything that the games come out in fact i read today that neil Druckmann said there's no there's nothing planned for any dlc and there's nothing planned for you know the last of us part three now look that's that's how he's feeling right now will there be another last of us game we don't know but it doesn't seem like you know there's going to be any more of this story to be told 
So, you know, what does that tell you? I mean, it basically tells you that Naughty Dog's kind of closed a page, you know, uh, of a chapter on, on this on this book for that is The Last of Us. And, and whatever comes next is going to be, you know, do they go back to Uncharted or do they come up with a new IP? We don't know. But to me, it, this feels, this feels you know, like the story's been told and, and now they're moving on to what's next. And it really just goes back to, you know, the whole change.org thing that, no matter how many signatures they get on a website, it's not gonna it's not gonna make a, a lick of difference. I mean, I think I think you know they they they've already moved on to you know whatever's coming next for them. Yes, and the one thing I have to give Druckmann credit on one thing, and it's the way he has handled a lot of the disgusting acts that mm. people have thrown at him on social media since the game launched where people said oh Druckmann inserted himself into the game as the character of Manny he wanted to have this scene with this character and he went right to Twitter and said hey I know you all think I'm handsome but I'm not quite as handsome or talented <laughs> as Elijah Etta yep. who brought Manny to life miss your brother and I mean people were making such wild accusations and he even had fun when metacritic when the game got review bombed to like a score of like two out of ten within just hours after the game launched at midnight and he said wow look at that just a few hours we almost doubled the numbers of user reviews for the last of us part two than the first game received in seven years thanks for the passion <laughs> yeah and i mean i enjoyed his little rubbing of that toxic base who was just going after him and I mean, unfortunately, this went as far as having Laura Bailey, who voiced Abby yeah. in The Last of Us Part Two, having to go to Twitter and say, at no point did she film a scene with Neil. And all she says is, play the game, then give your opinions. If you don't like it, that's fine. And that is fine. But people were attacking the, the director of the game, the voice actresses and actors and the performance actors in the game they were attacking the entire team of this game all because of i mean what one or two things that maybe they really didn't like and they went to such extremes where it was just disgusting words were being thrown at these individuals and i mean good on him to be able to poke fun at the situation but it's the fact that the gaming the gaming community still acts that way shows you how much it still has to grow. And I would like to think that the gaming community has grown a lot in the last 10 years, but this is kind of a reminder that it hasn't. Yeah. And we saw it with Pokemon. We saw a little bit of a Death Stranding of, you know, just because you have a strong opinion about something, you can voice it in a mature manner. You don't have to attack and target these individuals with such hate and disgust and spewing such toxic vocabulary at them all because you didn't enjoy the game. It's okay you didn't enjoy the game. You don't need to go out and shout it from the rooftops and let the whole world know that you hate this character because of this trivial reason. Just, you don't actually, you don't have to say anything if you really don't have to. I mean, it's like the old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. But in the age of social media, everyone has something to say. And sometimes, you know, maybe it's better off you step away from the keyboard and you don't type that tweet. And I get it, you're behind a keyboard, you're faceless, you're, you know, your, your identity isn't even known. 
nothing's going to come of it. But it doesn't mean you get to say, oh, look, Neil Druckmann threw himself in the game to have this scene with his character because that's what he fantasizes. Like, what's what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, Dan, that's 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 absolutely ridiculous. And to, to Druckmann's credit, you know, we've been critical of him on this show in the past as well, mm-hmm. especially around the crunch um, discussions. But he can handle himself pretty well on Twitter as far as responding to people, you know. So I, I think he's yeah. he handled the situation very, very well, all things considered. Yeah, all things considered, he's handled the hate thrown his way very well. I mean, yeah, he still has stuff he has to address within the studio, especially crunch. Yep. He has to create a better environment for the workers within Naughty Dog. And by no means are we forgiving that. He is responsible for that, and he should be held accountable for that. But that doesn't mean people can go to Twitter and say, oh, look at Neil Druckmann's fantasy of him and Anita Arkeesian is being illustrated in this scene. Like, come on. What what goal did you think you were going to achieve by tweeting or implying these things? Right. Like, what was the purpose of it other than just, I mean, misogynistic hate? Yeah. And that's disturbing. And that's... Like part of the discourse around this game, especially like in my opinion, it's just been so horrific. I don't see why anyone wants to talk about this game at this point. And that's unfortunate for the game itself because there are individuals like yourself who absolutely love the game. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can't go to Twitter and just be like, hey, I think The Last of Us Part Two is a masterpiece is a laundry list of reasons why. And you know you're going to be met with a person who's going to say, well, you're, you know, you're an idiot. Yeah. Or they're going to attack you in your character. They're going to say, oh, you're a social justice warrior. Why? Because I played a game where the lead character happens to be a female or she's part of the LGBTQ community. Why Why is that bad? Why is, represent, why is representation of you know, minorities, people of color, the LGBTQ community, why is that bad? Why is that being met with so much anger? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I think the game definitely you know has has um has been very polarizing no no doubt about it ultimately it will be you know will the game age well as far as will it be one of those best ever games of all time in you know five five years or so from now and i think it will be i mean i think it's good enough and it, it does it does stand up quite well and i think i mean look man i i think the game is is good you know um it's definitely been a rough journey for Naughty Dog, but they they got there over the line. Now, I do have a question though for you. Do you th- are you surprised at the the four million sales figures when you saw that? Was that something that surprised you as far as the amount of copies that it did sell? No, not at all. I mean, I, maybe a little. It got there a little quicker than I would have anticipated. I mean, three days, four million sales is wow. But then I really think about, you know, how the year has been going in terms of releases, just the year in general with the pandemic. Yeah. And I'm sure, especially on the PlayStation 4, you're probably hungry for a new exclusive. You're hungry for that cinematic experience. It came out, you know, start of the summer. People really want to play something to remove themselves from the real world for a little while. Yep. And I mean, this is an epic game. This is a cinematic journey that has, you know, it's narrative driven. You kind of want to sit down, immerse yourself into that world, 
get to know these characters for four million in three days. It sounds about it sounds right for the franchise of the prestige of The Last of Us. And I mean the only thing I would have kind of expected, maybe if that would have impacted sales that could have caused it to sell a little less is the anticipation of a PS5 remaster or PS5 port. Yeah. Since that hasn't been discussed or communicated yet, I guess people sat there and said, you know what? I need a game to play on my PS4 right now. I'm going to pick up The Last of Us Part 2 and I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, this game is probably going to sell 12 million copies before this year is over. Right. And I mean, now we have Ghost of Tsushima coming right around the corner. And I mean, I'm not anticipating that game to come out in the first three days and sell 4 million copies. I would. If I had a guess for Ghost of Tsushima at this point, I'd say, I'd say about two, yeah, maybe I was two and a say half million, less than half. Not, which is not going to be a bad thing at all. It's still going to sell very well. But yeah, I would probably, I'd put it at like one point five to two. Yeah, it's a little more of a niche appeal with Ghost of Tsushima, both from, I mean, look at the way they've marketed it. They've put out the you know the Furukawa filter. They're trying to position it as like a samurai. Yeah film type of thing so it's gonna be a little more restrictive and overall western appeal especially like in the americas where you're gonna have you know those who are into the samurai films who have seen those type of movies and such they're probably gonna buy into the game fairly quick but the last of us part two is just that game that you know a lot of people would see and say oh wow that looks cool zombies and bow and arrow fighting and killing and I mean, they've done a really good job with the commercials on TV. It leaves you wondering, like, what is this really dark, grim game all about? Yeah. And they nailed the marketing tone of it where people, maybe who never even played the first one, might buy into the sequel and be like, oh, I got to see what this game's about. That looks really good. Ghost of Tsushima looks fantastic for everything it, you know, for everything they've shown. But just due to the nature of the game, I think it comes in a little, yeah, like you said, you know, one and a half. Anywhere from 1.5 to 2 million in the first three days, I would see for that. But I mean, Last of Us is always going to be a massive seller, and I'd say it deserves its success. It hasn't done anything that's so offensively wrong that it deserved to fail on shelves or anything. No, I mean, we haven't even talked about the technical side of the game. It's it's probably the best looking console game that's been released to date i mean it's a beautiful looking game it's a it's a a look into what next gen will be and i mean sometimes i have to had to do a double take and just really just sit there and admire how how amazing everything this world looks you know it aesthetically it's 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 on point and it runs well you know there's there's no slowdown there's no pop in i mean this thing has been crafted exceptionally well and it does get me excited about you know what's coming next, and and with that, I mean, my question, Nate, is if if the Last of Us is truly if the Last of Us Part Two is truly the, the you know the the end of that of that series, and there's no DLC, what's what do you think Naughty Dog does next? Do you think they pivot back to Uncharted, or do you think maybe they they come up with um you know a, a new IP? Um. Ooh. I think based on how The Last of Us Part Two concludes, I think it's right to leave the series alone. Mm-hmm. 
unless you want to come in with different characters with a different tale in different parts of the country or the world then i could see a return to it but i think the chapter is closed on this particular set Mm -hmm. kind of like uncharted 4 ended nate's journey yeah i don't think you have to continue his story in any new way if you want to continue uncharted you can go like the lost legacy path you can have nadine and chloe or the kid or yeah or you can have nate's uh, daughter she can get into this line of work and that storyline to follow or even nate's brother and sully you know they have other characters within that universe that you could continue but i think it would best serve naughty dog to go into a new ip yeah it feels like they've concluded those two those two series that they started on the ps3 they have finished the stories they want to tell with these characters and that universe now let's start a new one brand new ip moving into the playstation 5 and you know let's see what Druckmann or maybe a new directorial lead steps up and can create for the studio. Right. I would anticipate, and this is just speculation, of course, I would anticipate that on the PlayStation 5, we will see a, I'll say a Last of Us collection uh, at some point where they, they release parts one and part two for the PS5, similar to what they did with the Uncharted collection on the PlayStation 4. Um, but the the big game will be something that you know is probably about honestly about four 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 to five years away at this point. Yeah, I'm not expecting to see anything with a Naughty Dog logo at any PlayStation Five event from Sony in the near future, except as you said, like a Last of Us collection or even like an Uncharted collection for the PlayStation Five. But their next groundwork or from the ground up type project i wouldn't expect for another like three to four years and i mean my hope is a new ip because i like when they explore these new worlds i mean think of what naughty dog was on the playstation 2 they were making jack and daxter Mm -hmm. and then they transitioned to the ps3 and they gave us uncharted and the last of us now i think it's time for them to do it like another type of shift in direction we've had those cinematic movie-esque experiences with these two franchises if they want to continue that go for it but let's let's try something a little different than a zombie apocalypse humanity and indiana jones type of experience let's get something fresh i mean they're a talented studio they have some of the best animators visual designers you know in the industry so i mean the sky's the limit for them and if they and you know if Druckmann does have a new idea he wants to explore or there's a new you know director maybe being groomed within the company and their ideas about to blossom give them the chance and let's see let's see how it does on the playstation 5 but i mean naughty dog is always going to be that studio to sony where no matter what they put out it's going to have the attention of the industry and everyone's going to look and say what's this yeah no doubt and that's i mean at the end of the day they're still a really talented studio and i'm sure a lot of people who were dissatisfied with the last of us part two are still going to be, you know, sitting in anticipation of what's the next game from Naughty Dog. Some may have said, I'm done with the studio for whatever reason, that you're right, you don't want to support the studio anymore, you don't have to. Whether it's related to the crunch or you just really dislike this game, that's fine. But, I mean, Naughty Dog is always going to be one of Sony's premier developers along with Sony Santa Monica, Sony Bend, and sony japanese studios so i mean moving into the playstation 5 sony's going to lean on naughty dog in a substantial way to give them a release that's going to get their base excited 
and we'll find out what it is in 2023 <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a while i'm sure <laughs> and that will do it for today's episode of nate the hate but before we go we have a couple of stream labs to go over first we have a 20 dollars donation from eddie tours no message thank you for the donation eddie and then we have three dollars from diane allister who writes longtime fan never missed one with how the current gen ports to switch are performing do you think it w- do you think it is wise to push the switch life or cut and run at or slightly before 100 million units sold with a new backwards compatible switch 2.0 or switch U? well uh, i think i think the 100 million thing kind of implies that it's probably three years from now so mm-hmm. i mean I, I think it's fair to say that you know that would be kind of towards the end of the switch's life cycle so yeah i mean i would expect to see some type of new hardware announcement around that time but i don't necessarily think that at 100 million they should just you know cut the switch loose for example but yeah i mean i think the switch has a a lot of a lot of juice left in the tank you know so i I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon yeah i mean nintendo still has a lot of software that they are developing in-house for the switch so the thing with third parties is that the bigger third parties like the resident evil 3 remake resident evil 2 remake even is that those games were likely never going to come to the switch platform even if it had the horsepower to support them it's just an unfortunate reality when it comes to nintendo hardware certain third parties will never be there and you know that's for nintendo to kind of they have to sell the idea of their platform still to certain third-party developers and the best way to do that is to show that games are selling on it the switch was definitely a step in that direction if they are able to continue that with the next generation switch you'll have studios like ea capcom activision commit more resources to switch to or whatever the platform would be called ports but nintendo ran into a big issue of their basically going from the wii to the wii u then to the switch the wii u was a success for a lot of third parties the wii u was a complete disaster for a lot of them so they were hesitant in committing resources to the switch by the time the switch really took off a lot of these developers were you know they were a little too deep into development of their next big games and they couldn't justify the cost of a port whereas a company like ea a big thing to them is the uh, microtransactions Mm-hmm. With Madden, they have Madden Ultimate Team and you have FIFA Ultimate Team. With the releases of FIFA on the Switch, Ultimate Team hasn't been that big of a revenue source on the Switch version. So if I'm that company where I say I want to sell, you know, five million copies of Madden on your platform, but I need fifty percent of those people buying into the Madden Ultimate Team, if I'm only getting five percent on the Switch platform, I'm gonna say, well. I made a billion dollars on PS4 and Xbox One, and I made $5 million on your platform. You're not worth us porting the game to. That's something, I mean, that's kind of beyond Nintendo's control. Unfortunately, the PS, PlayStation and the Xbox ecosystem have more of that core audience, but it's still something Nintendo can work on. But ultimately, Nintendo should probably just continue to switch as it is and run it until their next generation hardware is ready. And the other two Streamlabs were, again, from Shamsa and Abraham Gunner. Thank you once again for your donation and support. And for dedicating the episode to Mario Sunshine and to MVG. 
because this is MVG's Appreciation Day. Name a more iconic duo, right, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can. <laughs> and once again, thank you for joining me, MVG. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Always. And you can find MVG's channel linked in the description below, as, as well as a link to the Streamlabs and to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.